Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 129. Let's roll. And we are so fastly approaching the NFL draft just a couple of weeks away. It's like three weeks away. It just always feels at this time of year that you're just inching closer and closer to that, that moment when we finally get to see where all these prospects land and you know finally can really put things in order uh, because now it's just a matter of you know who likes who more and where we've got them and you know I, I think I posted something on my running back rankings and I had asked uh, what do you hate most about this and you know it's funny because there'd be people like this one's too high and then everybody else the same guy is too low and yeah I don't know man it's just a lot of that stuff we don't really know but you know a lot of what I do and a lot of what we do here is is to try and have a process you know the the good thing is that the 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 person in my ear is 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 chalk. And Chalk is definitely always breaking things down. One of the new bits of content that did hit this week was Matt Harmon's reception perception uh, of the wide receivers. And that really sort of helped uh, you know, us start to put some things in order as well because we saw some data there that sort of either maybe changed our opinion of a player or sort of cemented our opinion of a player or maybe just started to confuse us. But either way, it's another piece of the puzzle. It's another data point. Uh, the anatomy series doesn't have, you know, route win percentage and things like that. So we we look at that as a an added layer of context and it's exciting to have it. Speaking of things that are excited to be had, I am excited to have my two guests rolling with me today. I'm going to have uh, Mr. Michael P. Duncan roll with me and and kind of steer the ship as he does so so well when uh, when I need him to. So Mr. Michael P. Duncan is in the house. What's up, Michael? Nothing much. Just looking forward to. Uh, I don't really know. You're not uh, sure. Philadelphia sports are pretty miserable right now. Well, you know, you know as I mentioned to you, second place. So as I mentioned to you, we will very very likely see each other in a couple of weeks in the uh, yes, NBA sir. playoffs in round two, unless one of our teams doesn't absolutely shit the bed. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Oh, so you're, you're, I mean, come on. If anybody's going to shit the bed, it's James Harden. So be careful. No, Rob. sir. The Sixers are good at one thing and one thing only, and it's making it to the second round. Yeah, That's well, it. and I'll losing you, that James it, Harden, man, he can, he can let you down. I've seen it before. He doesn't careful. let me down. Be careful. He makes me happy for now. Be careful. Anyway, once you get to us, it's it's curtains, baby. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna roll you up in five or six for sure. Put you right out of your misery. Embiid's great, but you know, it's just not gonna be enough against the powerhouse of the Boston Celtics, okay? Okay. We know for a stone cold fact nobody turned tuned in today to hear me and Michael P. Duncan talk about the NBA. No doubt. But I also have a little guess. He's going to ride, you know, the, Hey, you ever have one of those, you see those, uh, those motorcycles with the side cart. You know what I mean? Like I'm riding the motorcycle. This dude's in the side cart with me. He's side cart, Matt Chester, the mad jester, new undroppable Mr. Matt Chester. What's going on, buddy? Hey, I'm fantastic. How are you? <clears throat> how's, how's the side cart? Uh, it's decent, but the analogy that I like is, uh, you ever watched back to the future and yes. the dude takes his skateboard and just, 
grabs onto the bumper of a, a car. Yes, it's more good. like that because yes. it's coattailing. And you're cool back there. I mean, uh, you know. I'm perfectly happy. The draft is good. Yeah. Yeah. Michael J. Fox was super cool in Back to the Future hanging off the back there. That was, that's, there you go. So you're Michael J. Fox. I love it. Well, we also know for a fact that nobody tuned in to hear me and Matt talk about Back to the Future or motorcycle side carts. But, uh, but to kick it all off, let's, uh, let's start with a question I've been trying to figure out and maybe, Matt, maybe you have an opinion here. Maybe you don't. I don't really know. I haven't heard Mr. Michael P. Duncan weigh in on this, but I wanted to ask the question. You know, there, there's so much talk about Anthony Richardson, and I keep reading different things. You know, uh, Ben Solak just put out something that he feels like he's, you know, he did the charting is what he called it. I'm curious to see what that's all about. I'll probably go check it out at the ringer and uh, see what he meant by all that. But he said he charted him, and he thinks he's worth uh, you know, a high pick in the in the first round, you know, maybe even 1.01 in the real NFL. My question to you guys is, you know, Michael, is he worth uh, the, a real like one, two or three pick in the actual NFL draft? What do you think? I mean, I think the reality of the situation is, you know, the, exactly what you have written in the show sheet is, is the risk worth the reward? Right. And I think the answer to that is obviously yes. Hmm. Because the reward is getting a franchise quarterback, and isn't that what every team in the NFL is looking for at all times, yeah. constantly? Yes. Unless I guess you're the San Francisco 49ers, in which case I don't really know what they're doing ever. But it seems to work out for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, do I think he's going to work out? I honestly don't know. I've kind of given up on having a real staunch, strong opinion on these quarterbacks because. Yes. I think the people that know the most barely know anything. I think there's so much to the quarterback position from an intangible perspective and from a a situation perspective that really it's just almost impossible to predict. Like, yeah, you look super smart when you make a good call, but like just as often you probably make a really what should have been a layup was a failure and it happens. It's it's like a 50 50 shot almost every time. So is the risk worth the reward for the NFL? Like, yeah. Yeah, especially really, when you consider where he's going to be going in the NFL. It's a really good point. I think like the Josh Rosen experience has proven that you can get off the wrong choice quick enough. Yeah. Even Zach Wilson to some degree. I mean, I guess the the overall investment at that position is pretty light when you consider that you know a guy like Jimmy G is costing twenty plus million a year. Uh, Daniel Jones is costing almost thirty or forty million a year. You know, so he's got forty four right. Huge numbers, right? So ultimately, whatever they are in the top, you know, five or ten of the draft is 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 pennies compared to that, and they can move off that that contract. So I guess it is worth the risk. I I don't know how often you get a top five pick, so you certainly don't want to miss. But the overall cost, unless you're the Niners and you traded three first rounders or whatever to get up there, that's a different story. But you get the point. Uh, I think that's a great point, Michael. And and maybe the risk is worth the reward. I've been super scared of of Anthony Richardson. But maybe it's maybe it's all worth it. What do you think, Maddie? <clears throat> I mostly listened to you on the Anthony Richardson train, and yeah. I think it was you and Michael P. Duncan that had a podcast a few weeks ago, and you went over his passing statistics compared to the top twelve yeah. uh, dynasty quarterbacks, and it is just terrifying. Yes, terrifying. So sure, he could make his way in. But boy, oh boy, is it scary. And I'm not going to make that decision. I'm going to let the NFL make that decision for me. And after yeah. the draft, we'll figure it out. Yeah, and that's a great point. And so then subsequently we get, you know, the 
okay, let's say he does go in the top five. So, you know, whether it's Indianapolis or Houston or Carolina or wherever, right? Anywhere in the top five, someone trades up into the top five. It's the Raiders. It's whomever. Doesn't really matter what team it is, but he's drafted in the top five. Is he worth consideration at the 1.01 in your dynasty? Well, I suppose we can move past Bijan. All right, great. Is he worth consideration at the 1.02, 1.03 in your dynasty super flex drafts? I mean, personally, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He's, Go ahead, he's worth Manny. consideration. Absolutely, he's worth it because his the the scariest thing about him is whether he's going to be there next year or not. So if somebody commits a top ten pick to him, he's going to be there next year. He might not start this year, but he's got the tools. It doesn't it doesn't matter how well he throws. His running floor is going to be there for at least a year, and his so will his trade value in your dynasty league, as proved by uh, Trey Lance. <laughs> Exactly. Over and over. Jeez Louise. Yeah. I think more than anything, what we've learned from these past couple of drafts is even in the top 10, like even at number two overall, quarterbacks don't necessarily have the leash that they once had. Right. Occasionally they will, of course, but it's not as consistent. And I think really what that's told me and what's that, what I'm going to let that inform in term, in terms of my future decision-making when it comes to that is I'm not going to be afraid to get off a guy after year one. Right. If I truly don't believe in him, like I, you know, I, I might have Zach Wilson in a couple places. I never really liked Zach Wilson. If I took him, it was probably because he was the number two overall pick and it was, you know, decent value in the draft. But yeah, if I'm not in on him after that year one and I don't see anything, if I never really liked him, then yeah, I'm probably just going to try and get good value. Compare that to uh, Trevor Lawrence. I always liked Trevor Lawrence. I was more than willing to hold on to him, especially looking yeah. at how the situation changed with Doug Peterson. So again, there's going to be a lot of different things that can kind of enforce, you know, the way that we might feel or the way that we're going to handle guys after year one. But I think Matt's right. His rushing floor is going to make him fantasy relevant immediately and whenever he's playing. Yeah, that's so true. And, and um, you know, the Trey Lance, uh, you, but even Zach Wilson, he got to year two. You know, it's like, I mean, so we, we tend to, I don't know, you know, we tend to, uh, I think there's only been a couple of really short leashes. Zach Wilson, one of them, Josh Rosen was a one-year leash. But, you know, even uh, yeah, Daniel they, Jones. That was historically bad, plus they had Kyler Murray. Exactly, so, right. Yeah. There was a, That was a twofold, right, exactly. Had they not had the first overall pick, who knows, they could have been rolling Josh Rosen out for year two. Yeah. Um, certainly there were people who, I mean, if you go back, I said they should definitely take Kyler Murray, but I remember there was an argument. There was a discussion as to whether or not that was a good move for, uh, for the Arizona Cardinals to begin with. And a lot of people were like, no, no, you've already got Rosen, you got to stick with him and blah, 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 and, you know, whatever. So, you know, it didn't, work out. Out. it didn't work out either way. Although, you know, Kyler is, you know, certainly an upgrade over Josh Rosen, but they suck nonetheless. So I guess it it worked. I'm holding up the fake air quotes. I'm um, fine with teams sucking uh, in real life if they give us those fantasy numbers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. It was a win, Kyler. Yeah, for, for sure. Dubs. Yes. Michael. Who is going to start at quarterback week one for the 49ers? Though? That's the biggest question right now. Speaking of, you know, Anthony Richardson looking a lot like, you know, the Trey Lance experiment. What is going on with Trey Lance? What do you think? What, what If you had to bet who starts week one for the 49ers, where are you putting your chip? I mean, if he's healthy, I'll put my chip on Brock Purdy and hate every second of it. Wow. I, I'm not in on Brock Purdy. I, 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 I said it many a times, maybe to open air, but last year, I, I think Brock Purdy was, I think he's fine. He, he's a seventh round pick. Did he outperform what he is? 
Yeah, obviously. But he reminds me a lot of like Gardner Minshew. Like, yeah, he was doing things that Jimmy Garoppolo didn't do, but he also made mistakes that Jimmy Garoppolo didn't make. And he was playing with one of the best team, one of the best constructed rosters in the entire NFL. But the team seems to like him and they've already made it pretty clear that if he's healthy, he's probably going to be the starter. So I think it'd be- I mean, you're cheating just a smidge. By saying, by saying if, if he's, he's healthy. healthy. Yeah. Right. So my question wasn't if he's healthy. My question is, who do you think will be starting week one for the 49ers? Because you have to then think about, is this motherfucker who just tore off his UCL going to be able to throw NFL football? Like, in an NFL game in a few months. Like, that's the real question. I'm not so sure. I mean, I know that uh, Jeff Mueller, uh, the doctor, um, had mentioned – that he was not very confident in that. Uh, I haven't asked Dr. Jose that, but there's a lot of docs uh, spinning around that don't think that it's going to be a, a open and shut case that he's going to be ready to go by week one. So that makes me think he won't be. Um, and and then say, the next I'm question is, might it be Sam Darnold because they'll trade Trey Lance? My question is, who do you really think? Like, this is crazy. What do you think, Maddie? I, I, th- I want to go back to what uh, what – you just you just you just a little bit overshadowed what Michael was talking about, and yeah, I heard him. he cut me off because he took my answer. Go ahead, Mike. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, oh, buddy. Chaos. I love it. Chaos, man. I you know what it. he did though? You know what's nice? He he uh, he told the Jets that he needs all these guys, and the Jets paid for all these guys. Yes. And now the Jets can't afford to steal Lamar Jackson uh, with a deal that. The Ravens can't match, so right. that that's fun. I, I think you know. I I wish I hated Aaron Rodgers a little bit more just because of who he is, but I, I really I like him. And if he went to the 49ers, that would be a really fun offense. Uh, you oh, know who God. else would be really fun behind him for a year? Hendon Hooker. And I hmm. I didn't think about that. I wish I'd thought about that when you gave me the show sheet. What about uh, what about Tom Brady going back round. to San Francisco? Oh, of course. Now, right? You know, do you do, do you do you have any idea? I've traded uh, thirds and fourths for Tom Brady two off seasons in a row, and I can't <laughs> yeah. believe how much profit I've made of bought, buying that dude for free. And I'll keep doing it, and you should too. Yes, I saw he got he got bought by, for a fifth rounder in in one of the leagues I'm in just after mm-hmm. he retired this last time. So, absolutely, you can you can still acquire him. It's still possible he plays uh, this coming year. Um, I, I tend to think here, though, like, you know, I, I just can't think that they're going to keep Trey Lance or are they was this all just a smokescreen to hell of a smokescreen to fire off when you're trying to build a, a, a guy who's thrown 420 pass attempts in like since 2017. I mean, I don't have said that on a loop, but my goodness, you know, this is like I mean, if there's ever a quarterback where you'd want to be like, nope, we're behind him. Trey Lance, he's good. We got this. You know, they did not do that. Uh, and that scares the hell out of me for his future with the 49ers. I mean, maybe it's a, a motivational situation, but if, if you if you feel like this is honest, then I think that they've got to have plans to move on from him, and if they do, that would stand to reason the Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold situation. And then, I mean, if they just go full chaos with, a, with an Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, that would just be, I mean, just too much for me to take, and I will be so much, so pleased by such things. But isn't that weird how every potential 49er quarterback we talk about is not the archetype of Trey Lance. Right. Yeah. So he could go anywhere else and be, uh, and not lose any value. Cause yeah. he, if he goes to the, let's say he goes to the Titans. Um, yeah, he'll be fine there. <laughs> yeah. He'll be absolutely fine there. He'll still be a top 12 if they use him the way they want to use him, but actually put him in the game. So I don't know what to do with that dude. 
Well, I'll ask you guys both. Ready for this one? Uh, like a little mini this or that. I know we've got some this or that set up for the for the show, which is always fun. But this is crazy to me. Uh, a couple of guys uh, on keep trade cut uh, where they're where they're where they're valued right now, which I know isn't perfect. But I'll tell you what, man. It's like um, it, it's uh, it's 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 a little bit more realistic than we might like to say. So anyway, uh, you guys can each just answer quick. This or that Trey Lance, Trey Lance, sorry, or Tua in Dynasty? Tua. Tua. Easy. Yep. Easy, right? Trey Lance or Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones. DJ signed. Yeah, baby. Trey Lance or Kenny Pickett? <sighs> Pickett. <laughs> I hate, hate this question. That's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, you're um, on the clock. You got, you know, maybe you've got a quarterback too ready to. You're on the super flex, ready to uh, pick. I'll take Lance. I'll I'll roll the dice on the high end. It's super close, right? Okay, so Trey Lance or Kirk Cousins? Kirk. Maddie. Yeah. Yeah, Kirk. Jared Goff or Trey Lance? Trey Lance, easy. Mm. I'll take you know what I'll t- I'll take the starter for Detroit next season. I'll take Trey Lance. Yeah, I love I'm going to go Goff. Are you ready? This one this one will break your brain. Trey Lance or Jordan Love? Jordan Love. <gasps> wow. What, dude? Well, which one of them is going to be starting this year? But okay, so Jordan Love or so you just like wow. Okay, so Jordan Love or Kirk Cousins. Easy Kirk for me. Probably Kirk. So Jordan Love or Kenny Pickett? Pickett. You got to because you can trade him for more right now. So Jordan Love right now on keep trade cut is the quarterback 17. Let me read quarterback 18 and on. Trey Lance, Kenny Pickett, Will Levis, Jared Goff, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Mac Jones, all these guys well behind Jordan Love. I know it's on the show sheet, but this is bonkers. Like he is firmly ahead of players who you would be like if 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 Jordan Love like he's being drafted at the ceiling. The only here are the quarterbacks just ahead of Jordan Love. Daniel Jones, Tua, Anthony Richardson, Dak Prescott. Like if Jordan Love turns into Tua you are like yes. Thrilled. Thrilled. So that KTC is Showing me how much we're overvaluing youth. When you name yes. Gino, uh, Cousins. Yes. Who, who was the other old guy after? Uh, Derek Reverend? Carr, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Right. Uh, and and maybe Derek Carr. God, as a Saints fan, that would be nice. But disillusioned. I can't, but I mean, I can't bet on that. But those Derek three old dudes, kinda, yeah. we're, we're overvaluing youth for quarterbacks because – Look, if you're 30 and you're still in the NFL playing quarterback, you have more security than any rookie quarterback, period. Bingo. Because you've made it 10 years. You're going to keep making it a year on the year two because the NFL trusts you. The managers trust you. They're going to they're gonna trust their team with you. They're not going to trust their team with uh, Trey Lance. They don't know. They don't know. And, and, they, and they just paid Derek Carr to be trusted. I mean, that mm-hmm. motherfucker got paid to be trusted. Russell Wilson. I know that he is like a problem on the field. I get that. I am actually terrified. But you know who's really terrified? The motherfucker who has to sign his paycheck because he's got a he's got like Bree- a, uh, I almost said Breeze. Sean Payton? 
Well, he doesn't sign the pay. They're signing his. They gave him a big ass paycheck to make sure the other paycheck gets performance on the field. But like, guarantee I'm about- you, Peyton is terrified right now. Honestly, uh, I don't think he is because I think he, he, don't give a shit, he came man. in a year later. Yeah, nothing is his fault. Nothing is his. They fault. They will get rid of Russell it. Wilson before they get rid of Sean Payton. Uh, cool. Well, they, they can't get rid of Russell Wilson, but they. I mean, it's just unbelievable the amount of money. Go to like, uh, go to OTC and just check out his uh, his contract. Oh, it is lot. staggering, dude. It is staggering. But my point is, he's tethered to opportunity, even if he sucks. And we've seen Russell Wilson play at a, like a a, a, a a MVP status. I mean, he's been amazing. I'm not he's saying been top he's five get for there. a decade, right? I'm not going. He's not going to get there again. I don't think he's 34 years old. It's a very scary proposition. But when you talk about like even Jared Goff, man, like who's in redraft, who are you picking, Jared Goff or Jordan Love? It's like not close, Jared Goff, Easy. Easy. right? So, I mean, Jordan Love has a, a chance to be Jared Goff this year? Like, I don't know. To me, it's it, it, I'm not no Jared Goff defender. I just feel like Jordan Love for me, I mean, even Mac Jones versus Jordan Love, like I, I feel like if Jordan Love ended up having a Mac Jones uh, season, You'd be like, oh, fucking pretty good, dude. I just don't I'd, see the ceiling. I'd take Jordan Love. I, I I think we know exactly what Mac Jones' ceiling is, and it's unimpressive. Sure. Jordan Love at least has the possibility of a it ceiling. It could be a boat. It could be, be a boat. Yeah. It could be a boat. Could be. It could be anything. It could no. be anything. Could like, be I just... I. I don't, and again, like I'm, if we're talking redraft this season, there's no point in drafting Mac Jones. It could be anything. Like, I, just, I am super excited. I don't think there's a point. In it. To he's, not gonna, he's not going to. He's not going to blow Love, up. He's going to be consistently be a QB like seven. Uh, no, I'm with you. I'm with you, Michael. If uh, if you've got your your Mac Joneses and your Kenny Pickett's, do whatever you can to add to them to get Kyler. Well, yeah, yeah, that would be nice. You know, I was just on. Uh, I, I guessed it on uh, Jordan Range's show, and he was he was uh, felt like Kyler was over. Uh, valued and a lot of people are out on Kyler, even though Kyler, I think, is like the quarterback 11. So I think there's definitely a, a group of dynasty players who are itching to get off Kyler. And you're right. If you can use, you know, one of these overvalued quarterbacks, especially like a Jordan Love, to get to a Kyler who's, you know, maybe a, I would, I even said Dak. I, I like, did that last night. Oh. I made a deal last night. <clears throat> yeah. Tell I us. think I sold uh, Jordan Love and hold on, hold on. Let me think about it. You can Damn. look it up. And, yeah, I uh, know. But no, but seriously, the other guy that you can go for is uh, Dak Prescott. I think Dak is a little bit undervalued. Deshaun Watson is a little undervalued. Now, again, they could have a, a, a Russell Wilson-like, especially Deshaun could have a Russell Wilson-like sort of departure from excellence. It's possible. But again, the also the possibility is that it returns top five, you know, dynasty, uh, you know, fantasy quarterback, uh, you know, in, in, in the regular season. So that's possible, oh. too. Go you know it. what? You know what? Last night I sold Jordan Love and Trey Lance for Kyler Murray. Ooh, solid. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Solid. It's no, I love it. It's great. That's a great trade. That's like two shit bags for one one good player. Uh, you know what? You know what? You, hey, you know why I joined Undroppables? Because I think it's hilarious when you call really good players shit bags. Honestly, <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> shit bags. It's definitely yeah. It's definitely one of the, one of my monikers there. Like, I, the, I, I these fucking like, shit bag. These fucking shit baggy <laughs> NFL players. It's it's hilarious. It is hilarious. Speaking of not hilarious and not a shit bag. Where is Lamar Jackson going to play next year? I, I got asked on the Mina Mansion. I gave my answer, but what do you guys think? What's the most likely outcome for Lamar Jackson? As a Saints fan, I hate saying this, but boy, would he be fun in Atlanta with that with that with that target 
tree of just uh, Pitts and London and who uh, Olamide Zacchaeus or whoever. The who fuck? even cares? Exactly. He only targets exactly. two players anyway. I mean, he's low volume passing funnel to those two dudes, and you're perfect. Right, man. It's, it's so all good. I want. I want just to watch that for fantasy speed, all day long. Like, yeah, just one other wide receiver with speed to like run wind sprints and stretch the field deep. You're fine. That's it. They're going to draft Jalen Hyatt in the second, and they're going to trade for uh, Lamar Jackson, and I'm going to be a pissed off horrible Saints fan, Saints fan this yeah. upcoming season. Yeah. What? What do you? That. By the way, I am 100 percent with you. The uniforms. The first of all, you know, black quarterback in Atlanta. You know how they'll. Yeah, I fucking love it, dude. I want the rebirth of Michael Vick. The whole thing, man. And and he deserves to be loved wherever he goes. Lamar. Deserves that. I am ready for a little fucking more dirty birds. And I'd love to see Lamar Jackson get it, the Atlanta Falcons not to piss you off to the playoffs. No, That'd be no, it's OK, it. especially after all this mud. He deserves to shine. Oh, that would be so cool. I can just see him in the in the red unis and the black and the, you know, the get him mm-hmm. a visor. He's going to look dope. I love it. Let's go. You do that move in Madden. You'd be like fucking Lamar Jackson to Atlanta. And then <laughs> how are you going to stop if uh if if Ar- if Arthur uh what's his fuck Arthur Smith if, if Arthur Smith brings in Derrick Henry and Lamar Jackson I-, I give up like as yeah, a Saints fan cool. I just can't I can't hold out for that I, uh-huh. I love that dude I love it go get it let's go I'm ready for it. what do you think Michael you in or are you gonna be uh, pour some cold water on our on our party <laughs> I mean I think a lot of places would be fun I think yeah. Atlanta would be a ton of fun yeah. um but I think there I just think he's gonna end up in Baltimore I I think the situation yeah. Yeah. like because I think. The teams that logically would do it have top 10 picks. And I don't know if they want to... Like, I, I think if they really wanted to give up a top 10 pick this year and then also, uh, you know, also a first rounder next year and pay a crap ton of money to Lamar Jackson, they would have already done it. Like, I think the the odds on favor right now is the Indianapolis Colts. Mm, not I agree with you there. Mm. And they have the number four overall pick. And I don't know if they... Like, so many of these bad teams... You, you're putting Lamar Jackson on a bad roster, yeah. and then you're going to be too good to make that roster significantly better. It's not like he's going to these places with incredible front offices because they are bad teams. Yeah. Well, keep it in mind. I don't think Lamar's going to sign anywhere until after the draft, when people figure point, out what especially. they're going to do, when people have their money together, and when people are able to trade twenty fours and twenty fives instead of twenty threes and twenty fours. Yeah, that's and a yeah, big, that's a big that's, part of it too, especially some of these teams. I mean, if some of these teams probably want to trade. They're 23 and 24, you know, if they have later picks, but there's yeah. not as many of those who have those picks who need a quarterback. So, you know, here is the the game. It's, hey, it's just a see- rough situation for him because anybody that wants to make an offer for Lamar, what they have to do is they have to say they have to dig deep into their wallets, deep yeah. into their hearts and say, what do we want to pay for Lamar Jackson? Yes. And whatever they want to pay for Lamar Jackson, they're going to have to figure that out and then add two firsts compared yes. to what Baltimore is going to do. So they're not going to beat Baltimore. They're just going to prep Baltimore for his returning offer. I, I don't see it happening before the NFL draft. Go ahead. I had, I had someone on, on Twitter once uh, mentioned to me, I thought it was a brilliant idea was to construct a, a, a um, like a one, like whoever has the most cap space, just do a, an offer, like a wink, wink deal with uh, Lamar and basically say, listen, we're going to pay you like 70 million this year. And then like, whatever, I'm making that up. But like the, the most a one, a one year deal. Yeah. Basically like a one year deal that they couldn't match, but like, you know, and then they'll be like, we'll obviously restructure immediately. You'll, you know, after next year, we'll restructure as soon as we get you in, whatever the legal fucking situation is. And I was like, that's actually pretty smart. Like, so just so they wouldn't be able to, 
you know, match it at all. That way you secure him. That was interesting. And then did you also see, um, I, this is not a show sheet, but I was watching today, man, the, the Baltimore Raven press conference when they had like, yeah. did you see that shit? This guy asked a question and they yeah. basically, they were going to throw this reporter out because he mentioned the word Lamar. Like these guys look fucking fragile and bitchy, man. I was ready to just go up there and slap both them motherfuckers. Like Harbaugh's <laughs> up there. Like they should have been like, yeah, 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 it's fine. Just ask the goddamn question. Like the guy was like, with the Lamar situation, they're like, get the fuck out of here. You know, you're like, what are you talking about? And they're like, no, no, with the Lamar situation, are you guys looking at quarterbacks in the draft, motherfucker? Like, let me finish my question. And you know what? Answer the question. Just let them, you know, this whole thing that they're not going to answer questions, they're going to throw a reporter out of a press conference because he asked a question about Lamar. Grow up. Baltimore keeps looking bad. Yeah, that's bad. Baltimore front office, they just keep, they keep, fumbling over and over and over about how uh they might they might be a team that people want to go to and everybody that's been there says no this is not it it's not great it's not a good look what do you think michael do you like that yeah i mean i think that's the reality yeah i didn't didn't like it so much anyway i was just getting fired up for the show is all guys we're gonna get into some fun but before we do i'm gonna ask one one more question Another question I was asked this week, and I don't know if I got it right or not, so you guys are going to help me. Is DJ Moore better off for fantasy in Chicago? I love DJ Moore. Me too, buddy. Me I too. Just, I've liked him since day one. I've 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 loved him. I just he's a great guy. I wish him yeah. the best. I hope the answer is yes. Is the I love answer him. yes though? I want him to just be a Hall of Famer. I love him. Yeah, but is the answer yes or no? Is he better off for fantasy in Chicago or not? I'll dip back in his rookie year. I was so excited. Somebody snagged him from me in a redraft league in the fifth round. And I had to take Curtis Samuel next to him. And you know what? It wasn't that different. And it's going to keep being that. And hopefully he'll, he'll jump up his game and be that top 12. Cause he's shown it. How did he start? How did he start off last year? Do you all have the stats in front of you? The first four or five games. He's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, he was, he's always been really good. And the only thing that's really prevented him from, from kind of, taken off has been touchdowns um you know in, in his in his uh he actually had seven last year but he had two four 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 and then seven last year finally but you know in 17 games his his targets were down his catches were down that team was down i mean his efficiency was was the worst it's really been in his career so um yeah we're kind of hopeful hopeful to see the sort of you know 2018 through 2020 dj moore uh, who was kind of ripping things up. And if he just scored touchdowns, you know, you, you want to see that target share back where it was, you know, getting 130 to 150 targets. The problem is, and I mentioned it on the, on the um, mind of mansion, that's dude, a third of the bears targets. Bingo. They threw 377 pass attempts yep. last year, like 377 pass attempts for an NFL franchise, not just a single quarterback, 2,200 passing yards. So, I mean, that's Ooh. a problem. Yeah, that's a that's a problem. So they need to get that up going into next year for anybody to have any sort of relevance outside of uh, Justin Fields. But of course, it would stand a reason that they would. But boy, oh boy, it's got to go way up for him to actually be better off, in my opinion. People said the same thing about Jalen Hurts when AJ Brown came to town. They were worried I know about it. AJ Brown getting looks, and they were like, "All right, Devonta Smith is dead for fantasy. Dallas Goddard dead for fantasy because if AJ Brown's there, he's going to get all the targets, and there's not going to be a lot." I. 
throughout my history of being an Eagles fan, I have seen both the highs and lows of what having a wide receiver room that is good can do for a quarterback and a franchise from the days of Doriel Green Beckham to a year later going to the Super Bowl with Alshon Jeffrey. And Nick from Foles. J- yeah, from Jalen Rager being your number two to Devonta Smith being your number two with AJ Brown being your number one. Like, I, I think they're going to pass more because they can. And I think DJ, like, I, I think it's going to, Justin Fields is probably the best quarterback that DJ Moore has played with. Yeah. Let me give you a, some context to that, Michael, because you're right. Um, you know, the, the, the Eagles had 494 pass attempts in 2000 and, <clears throat> excuse me. 2021 they went from 494 to 589 but we're talking about a team that had 377 so they have to have a bigger jump just to get to where the eagles were when they weren't passing a lot just to give you some perspective you know so yeah they said 494 and 377 they went from 494 to 536 so they went from like 3400 yards to 50 4100 yards but my point is they're gonna have to make a a bigger jump (laughs) than than philadelphia made um, you know, to to get uh, relevant pass catchers in Chicago is all I'm saying. Okay, you say that, but if you condense the target tree down from Goddard, A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith down to who? Uh, D.J. Moore and <coughs> Cole Komet. And Darnell who the Mooney. fuck else is there? Who, who, yep. Nobody gives a shit. It's just D.J. Moore. Hey, yeah. I like Darnell Mooney too. No, but that's I a good, love good Darnell Mooney. Him out of this. You should add him for a third-tier team. I love him. Yeah. It's a good point, though, because, you know, but it's going to have to be very concentrated. He's going to have to see about a 30 percent target share. And, well, there's there's no choice. It has yeah. to be a constant unless he gets his buddy JSN at nine because they traded back from one to nine. He might get uh, Justin Fields might get JSN wow. in the draft. Right. That would be crazy. Well, w- w- so would JSN and DJ Moore ca- uh, cannibalize each other? What do you think? Yeah, that 100%. would kill. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm scared of it, too. That would kill DJ Moore. Yeah, no, that, that that wouldn't be good. I wouldn't enjoy that. Um, I mean, I think the Bears, like, logically kind of should do it. Maybe not should. I think they have a lot more pressing needs. Like, I actually don't hate their wide receiving room as a whole. Like, you have DJ Moore. I like Darnell Mooney. He's coming off the injury, but I still like him. You traded a second, a very high second for Chase Claypool. You, you, you love and it, And you Mike. have Cole Komet. So, like, I just think there's a lot of other things they could be doing on their roster. Um, I because th- I think DJ Moore solved a ton of issues, but again, by just they went from like a really crap wide receiver room to getting a really good number one wide receiver, and that just uh, that does everything. Like that kind of just solves a lot of the problems when it comes to the receiving room. So absolutely, I'm with you. I'm really excited about Fields for this. Nobody yeah. else. Well, yeah, that's fair. All right, so moving forward, I think we're going to talk about some rookies. How's that yeah, sound? Yeah, let's do it, baby. All right, so we're going to we're going to go through a little quick, but we're going to see what happens. We're going to talk about some uh uh some this or that with the incoming rookie class, and we are going to start off with Rashid Rice or Marvin Mims. So this has been a, a big one in the in the back back room, back channels with the undroppables. Me and me and Chalk and Tommy have been talking a little bit about this and Rashi Rice uh, you know, was someone that we were a little unsure of. And Marvin Mims has been a pretty steady climber. And then all of a sudden, the Matt Harmon reception perception comes out and kind of solidifies our stance that we are 100% in the Marvin Mims team right now. Marvin Mims is a riser. Um, Scott uh, Scott Barrett had come out with uh, the, the, the Marvin Mims high school 
um, prolific performance. He was basically the most prolific um, wide receiver in like Texas history, high school history. I mean, this kid was really good. Goes to Oklahoma, breaks out early. He's an early declare. He was fast at the combine, ran a 438. 5'11", 183. I mean, this kid is uh, – I think he's just going to be good. I think Marvin Mims is definitely ahead of Rashi Rice, who's probably a nice player. So I'll take the potential ceiling play in Marvin Mims well over Rashi Rice, who basically Thor Nystrom said of him at the Senior Bowl, meh. What do you think, Michael? Matt? <clears throat> I hate doing this. But My, Matt doesn't I, really have much. Uh, oh, I'll interrupt. Matt doesn't have too much in the way of um, rookie take. So what he'll do is he'll probably just fucking fly in and make shitty comments as as needed. Bingo. Yeah, I'm arbitrage uh, guy. So what I've noticed is over the last week on Twitter, Marvin Mims is so fucking hot. You can't stop this dude. So I really want Marvin Mims on my team right now only because he's a, he's got a lot better trade value, and we're never going to know. So we're going to pretend we're all confident. We're going to know, oh, Marvin Mims, oh, Rishi Rice. We don't know, but we're going to be able to trade him for more at some point, and Marvin right. Mims is that guy. So I'll take Marvin Mims. Good job. Good answer. Yeah, I don't even know if Marvin Mims is related to Denzel Mims, but I got so burnt on Denzel Mims that I just don't think I can draft Marvin Mims. So that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, uh, I get that. I, I might have been a little too high on Denzel Mims, too. But uh, I if, if helmet scouting is bad, then last name scouting has got to be worse. So I'm not going to do it. Not going to let myself get hurt again, Michael P. Duncan. We're all in on Mike, Marvin Mims. Let's go. <laughs> Any Mims, all the Mims. We're going to have a Mims family tree party. Let's go. All right, next one. Quinton Johnson or Jordan Addison? Quentin Johnson scares the bejesus out of me, and yet at the same time, he is completely um, enthralling. Like, you just want him to be good, big, strong, fast, big slot, um, after tackle, uh, I mean, excuse me, after catch, tackle breaker. Like, I mean, very exciting player. Did not run all that fast, but he's big. <clears throat> We've seen this, you know, with, with, with multiple players over the course of time. I mean, even Traylon Burks. Didn't run as fast as we thought he was going to run, but he's also a big dude. So those dudes are fast. They just, uh, you know, speed score checks out. But for me, this is Jordan Addison. I just, I feel like at this point, um, I'm taking the the nuanced player that can play inside out slot, can win in every 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 uh, every sort of way, downfield, you know, everywhere. So I really like Jordan Addison. I'm a big Jordan Addison fan. You know, if we line up their sort of their prospect profiles. Um, both are good. Both are early declares. Jordan Addison is one of the better uh, yards per team pass attempt players in this in this class at 2.94 best season. That was, of course, with Kenny Pickett. Um, but um, yeah, when it comes right down to it, Quinton is a, is a hell of a big play player. But um, Jordan Addison, you know, I look at that best season before by your sophomore season. So freshman or s- sophomore season, his sophomore season was 1600 yards, 18 touchdowns. Uh, this kid's could be the truth. I'm going to go with Jordan Addison. Just trust my, trust my, um, you know my my analysis there. I think you're probably right. I think I think I I think I agree with that. Yeah. But Quentin Johnson is just like the stereotypical like my favorite type of wide receiver to watch, <laughs> I know, dude. and I don't so think hard. I'll ever get away from that. I know. Like it's like a Mike Williams type. Like he's like he's a little he's smaller than Mike Williams, but he plays very similarly. I think, um, just like a big like X wide receiver. 
I just like I just want to watch him play football all the time. Yeah. Um, but I think that also speaks to the fact that that type of wide receiver has not been the type of wide receiver that has thrived in the NFL in the past 10 years. No doubt. Uh, and with, and know, he's, he's an outside wide receiver that has not done very well in contested catch situations. So really, yeah. he is a big slot, um, yeah. which, uh, you know, look, if he gets that role, then he could be, you know, if they, look, play him like C.D. Lamb and see what happens. I think that could be the, the, the way he wins at the NFL level. But just because there has to be some sort of concession made for him. Uh, you know, I'm just going to lean into Jordan Addison playing all over the field. Look, they're probably both going to wash out. Am I right? Although if we're helmet scouting again, yes. Jalen Rager. Exa- so. Yeah, exactly. The helmet scouting is terrifying with, with uh, Quentin for sure. And Quentin's exciting and Jordan Addison is too. And I, I want the big body guys also, but it does feel like their <clears throat> their role in the NFL as the ones are kind of getting faded out. Um, good for Addison for getting all those numbers racked up in college, but also let's remember that narratives are important to me. And if he's the first look for Kenny Pickett, uh, he's probably the last look for Kenny Pickett also. <laughs> that's a good point. So let's count yeah, that. That's, that's, well said. See, that's why Maddie's here. Just to, th- That's why he's here right there. Boom. Yeah. Wrenching the machine. Yeah. Uh, so next up, same two guys, yeah. but throw in Zay Flowers. Yeah, so I mean, uh, Zay is starting to look pretty good. And, and you know, the NFL has fallen head over heels for Zay Flowers. There's been some talk of him going. Like, I was reading some Patriot stuff that it's basically a foregone conclusion that if he's there at 14, he's a Patriot. It's like, that's how that's how this person had written it. Zay to, Zay to the Patriots at 14, call it done you know it's like oh god that well, means well, he's gonna gonna, are you gonna who are you gonna take straight up Nikhil harry or zay flowers i mean i think it's still Nikhil harry i mean i think so too man <laughs> dude they're so bad at drafting wide receivers it's like the kiss of death <laughs> like honestly i love zay flowers until he gets drafted by the patriots then you can and just- it's so nice like you never have a sure thing in rookie drafts until you avoid whoever they're taking in the first round. And then you're happy. You know? That's right. So there's, there's, there's no, matter. all right. There's, I, I love getting my guy in rookie drafts. You know what I love more than that? Somebody else getting somebody who's not my guy. Yes, that's right. That's exactly what's going to happen. And, and uh, unfortunately that's a problem for Zay flowers. He's a senior. Um, <clears throat> I thought he was pretty good last year. He could have come out as an early declare. I will take Jordan Addison. What about you, Michael? How do you rank those three? I've, I've, I've still have it. I, I'm more, I've got Jordan Addison one out of those three. I'm I could be convinced moving Zay Flowers ahead of Quentin. I'm a little nervous to do that. I'm reticent to do that. I don't think I'm going to do that until maybe after the draft. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm kind of right there with you. Jordan Addison is definitely the clear number one for me. Um, there are certain things on Zay Flowers' profile that like spark interest. His college his college dominator was awesome. Uh, his breakout yes. age was good. His target share was great. Um, he definitely ran quickly, but like considering his size, it's not a great speed score, which is definitely scary. But like, you can't really use size as an argument against say Flowers and leave out the fact that Jordan Addison does not weigh a lot. Right. That being said, I remember when things like that were being said about Devonta Smith, and I've decided to ignore that if they're a good wide receiver because look. Devonta Smith. And I'm not saying he's Devonta Smith because no. I think Devonta Smith is next level but legit. I appreciate you changing with the NFL. That's right. Yeah. Well, exa- exactly. Yeah. I just learned things. And, um, also and Devonta Smith was 
Zay Flowers kind of rocked up. Like he's 5'9, yeah. 183. He's been looking bigger. I guess they say he's gained weight throughout the process. So yeah, yeah, this and is I a mean, guy who probably can carry a little bit more weight and still run fast and, and mm-hmm. be a, a bit of a bet. Look, he has a better contested catch rate than Quentin Johnson. So there it is. Yeah, I mean, small guys, uh, again, Devonta Smith was way too good at contested catches last year. Like, right. if it, like I watched his arms everything. are 44 inches each. Somehow. Yeah, and it, but, like, it's also terrifying yeah. because the dude is a stick and he falls to the ground with a man on top of him. And I don't want that. No, sure. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think Zay Flowers. He's definitely I'm I'm fighting against myself when I look at Zay Flowers versus Quentin Johnson because one of them it's just like if you could just combine them it'd be perfect. Yeah. You true. just have the perfect wide receiver, which obviously isn't how the world works. But I no, think No, if you combine NFL, a lot of really well, yeah, exactly. decent second rate wide receivers, you're gonna have a, the best wide receiver ever. Exactly. Yeah. Um so yeah, I, I it, it's scary. I think Zay Flowers is still number three for me, but I do think it's close. Mm. And the draft will probably be a deciding factor there. Mm. For sure. Understandable. Um, all right. Next up, we are moving to the running back position. That is Sean Tucker or Zach Evans. You know, you you uh, you said something that, you know, uh, if you combine these players and the other, I think this is going to be one of those draft classes that we, <clears throat> I don't know if we learn what things matter more than others, but there's a few like outliers in terms of like, okay, uh, Deuce Vaughn and Devon A. Chain, you know, both sub 190 running back coming into the NFL. Like, that's not very good. There's some guys, you know, Zach Evans and, uh, you know, Dwayne McBride's another one, obviously, without the the pass catching and some other guys. You know, everybody, you know, the, the wide receiver size and there's so many like, you know, holes that we can punch in certain players. And it's just which things are you going to sort of uh, count bang, heavier bang than other things, yeah, you know? For sure. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes to Sean Tucker and Zach Evans, for me, it's Sean Tucker. And they're close enough. It's not like, a, a, you know, oh, clearly Sean Tucker's better. I think the NFL will help me figure out if if Sean Tucker is viewed in a certain way. Um and I think the way that he might be viewed is he's just not an NFL back, which is interesting. He might just be sort of a, a change of pace back in the NFL. I think that will be certainly, you know, known to us if he goes, you know, late round four or later. Um, if he can get, you know, round three or even early round four draft capital, I think that'll tell us that, you know, a team has a plan for him. And that's probably the case with a lot of these backs. But um yeah, I think that, that that for me it's Sean Tucker. He just has such a – I mean, his profile is so fucking good. And yet somehow we've just completely fallen off on him. And I, I'm not sure if it's if it's, if it's it's founded or not. I'm not sure if – like that's why I'm saying if the NFL is like, no, 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 this guy sucks. He's a round five, round six player. Well, it's like, well, maybe there's some things I'm missing. But the profile holds up. Yeah, I was – you kind of just said exactly what I was thinking. Like I – I, you look at the profiles and it's Sean Tucker for me, but the NFL seems to disagree. Yeah. Um, and I think this is one of the biggest examples in cases of, you know, the, the draft is going to tell us more than anything. The draft is going to tell us what the NFL thinks. Yeah. And that is going to determine what, how we think of these guys. Like, I don't think this is a draft that is going to be, you know, a stick with your guy type of thing, like at any cost. For sure. Yeah. Especially right. because this is a 
running back heavy draft right. and in running back running backs you have to go more with uh, draft capital than any other position because what you're looking for is opportunity what you're looking for is faith that NFL GMs want to give to these guys yeah they know more about what they want to do with them than we know about what random GMs want to do with them right yeah, it's true. I mean, so, opportunity is the most so important it, thing for a running. When back. it comes when it comes to these like this or that, and you go to uh, whoever these guys are, I don't know, to uh, uh, Kendra Miller or who did you say, Sean Tucker, Zach Evans? Yeah. Um, the only advice I ha- I can possibly allow myself to give at this point in the game is trade away your one ten for two hundred four and two hundred five and get both instead right, of having right. to choose one of them at one ten. That's the yeah. only advice that anybody can really honestly take right now because nobody knows. And if you're confident, then you're dumb. Right. So all you can do is pile up chances on all these guys who have so many holes and so many uh, strong features. Yeah, that, that that's very true. the The idea that you know you can you can probably take a few more shots in this draft. I think that's right. You know, I think trading. You certainly want to look at the the cliffs and the tiers in the draft. I think there's a few of those. Like I think one through five is a tier, right? The three quarterbacks, Bijan, JSN. For and then sure. you're like maybe Gibbs. So you could say six is maybe a tier, potentially, depending on kind of where we see him land. Like that that'll be interesting. Well, <laughs> it also depends on where AR goes because Gibbs yeah. might be five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But you know but, what I mean? Like we don't know sure. yet, but like so, just so sort the- of Galaxy braining it. Yeah. You were you were on a podcast with uh Matt Kelly and y'all were talking about what are the tiers of running backs and blah 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 but but I don't know which uh so basically there's there's Bijan and then there's Gibbs with I think Charbonnet slightly after that. And then there's probably five or six guys, which yeah. my my advice there is just trade where you are to get one of those guys back far enough to get two of those guys. Yeah. And I don't care who you get. I really don't. Yeah. That's probably true. Just pre- yeah. prepare yourself, especially this time of year when there's not much else you can do. You can position yourself to get two of those guys. And that's the best thing you can do right now. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, I'd rather have more shots at this than, than one, right? Because if you're they're all the same. Them, right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, and ultimately draft capital ends up making fools of all of our takes. That's true. But in terms of analysis, you know, like, you know, the 30 BMI is something that has been very like, it's been an, it's been a in out club. If you're not at least close to 30 BMI or at 30 BMI, you're not an elite running back. It's just kind of been the situation. I think um, Hayden Winks did the thing where, you know, the top 24 running backs or something like that in, in, uh, in the, in the league last year, according to fantasy points or something like that might've been actually, I think it was 24. Um, all but three weighed over 208 pounds or something like that. And they averaged 218 pounds, which is crazy. It sounds heavy, but it was like, you know, so in other words, we're seeing weight and BMI matter to scoring fantasy points in the NFL, which makes sense. You know, it's be too small or too, too frail to play a game where there's, you know, 260 pound linebackers who run four five forties, probably not a good idea. So at some point you got to have something that holds you up. And on top of that, you know, we just talked about how the NFL sees you. If the NFL doesn't see you as a guy who can do that, you're not going to be allowed to do that. You know, the whole Kenny Gainwell thing last year or the year before, I, Kenny Gainwell is like one of my favorite players. You love him, 
But then you say, well, is he big enough? And people go, oh, what's the difference between 200 and 208? You know, it's no big deal. It's like, well, maybe not to you and me, Mr. Guy in our basement. But if the NFL thinks of Kenny Gainwell as a secondary player, then that's what the fuck he's going to do. He's going to be a secondary running back on his on his on his team, no matter what you and I think. I think he's heavy enough. Don't matter. So, you know, starting to look at that sort of stuff is why I split the difference with Tucker as well. Because uh, Evans is like 28 BMI. He's 5'11", 202, long and lean, not exactly perfect, yet he was super explosive on a per-touch basis. But Tucker also had the better ca- pass catching. As You know, wh- whatever pass catching metric you look at, he was more involved as a pass catcher. For those reasons, I lean Tucker, but your point is well taken. So I'm just going to lean back on you a little bit because uh, I heard I heard Matt Waldman on the Sigmund Bloom in the in on the couch podcast earlier today, and you know what he talked about? I I'm a big 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 fan of narratives. All right, I love analytics. Film's all right too, but if you don't count narratives in there, then you're really really missing out on what you could find. And what Matt Waldman found is that all of the off field issues that Zach Evans had are very correctable, if not misperceived. Um, I like, I like the excitement of Zach Evans and Mm. I'll take him. He's explosive, man. He's explosive and I'll go with him. And if a little bit of off the field issues, um, if it's for, if off the field issues are for a wide receiver, I, I I love him. I like him even more. (laughs) If they're for running back, they're a little bit scary. But this one, the narratives in particular, kind of clear the Zach Evans off the field stuff for me to bump him up to, you know, 203, 204. I'd be happy with him there. Fair enough. Well, now we are going to test the size mm. narrative thoughts on Devin Achain or Israel Abanacanda. I don't know if I said that right. I did my absolute best. You did great. Um, Izzy Abanacanda. It's a Izzy fun Abanacanda. name to say. Once you learn to say it, you want to keep saying it. And I'm going to be saying it at every goddamn rookie draft I can. Abanacanda for the win. I can't wait to draft this kid. Um, hopefully the NFL feels the same way because if he gets draft capital, even just you know third-round cap, I'm going to be all in. Um, you know, it's, it's a ceiling play for sure You know, because here's a kid who basically um, – you know, size, speed, specimen, you know, 5'10", 5'11", 216, 218 pounds, um, runs very fast. However fast, we're not even sure. Just really fucking fast. You know, they said 4'3", in the, you know, whatever, and it's probably closer to a 4'3", or whatever. Adjust that to a 4'4", that's Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson fast. He's really when fast. It, when it's debated at early 4'3", who gives a fuck? Right. That's fast. Awesome. Yeah, you're awesome. fast. Yeah, yeah. you can add add some time, and I'm still really, really pleased with how fucking fast you are. You know, I heard some people talking. He probably has a long, the, the, the best long speed in the draft, which is probably true, too. I mean, at the running back position. Because once you see him break free, you're like, oh, yeah, nobody's catching him. Like, zero point. Lightning isn't catching that dude right now. Yeah, I mean, you bring up some great points. Like, Devin A. Chain's biggest thing is obviously his speed. You know, yeah. he was, I believe, the fastest running back at the combine. 4-3-2, yep. Yeah, four three two at the combine, uh, but he's small. What was Izzy? Uh, Izzy was four 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 at the combine. Izzy did not um, run at the combine, did he? Yeah, no. That the four 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 according to player profiles from the combine. Yeah, so that's that's adjusted four three nine, I think. If they're going to be arguably the same speed, give me the guy that's thirty pounds heavier and two years younger. Yeah, yep. <laughs> that, was, yeah that was my point. What are we doing? 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have a ton more to say about that. I, it, it really comes down to, you know, looking at like a uh, consensus big board on NFL mock draft database. Uh, they have Israel Abanacanda at 179. And I lost where it was, but Devon A. Chain was somewhere in the 70s, I believe. So that is a massive difference when it comes what, to when draft he always, capital. When you always pull up com- comparisons, uh, I think about it, I think about it been Dynasty Zoltan that was talking about uh, the hit rate of running backs under 190 to be in the top uh, 15 or 12 or 24 yearly. And it's something like 1% under 190 hits. Yep. It's just, you, you just, you cannot, you cannot spend on that guy. It's he's the, the, the numbers that he had on him made under 190 running backs, almost unrosterable. Right. That's tough, man. Yep. yep. Yeah. There's a lot of things going into that and uh, we're just, I, I, I feel like I'm just going to say this a lot, but like running backs this year, especially, we're just going to have to wait to see what the NFL thinks. Yeah, and uh, yeah. they're going to tell us. Basically, out on a chain, hey, not because. Can we name of- the? Sh- hey, Michael, can we name the show that? Let's wait till the till we see what the NFL thinks because all my takes, I don't want them pinned to me. I just I keep naming. Oh, you can shows. pin anything you want to me. I don't even give a fuck. I just keep naming shows after Israel Abanacanda. That's what that I is true. Doing. It's just basically just accurate. Israel Abanacanda. This Israel Abanacanda. That is. You know, it's Israel a love affair. Israel Abana Cannonball Run. Yes, it's a it's a love affair. I'm just I don't know. It happens. Um, but the but it's also ADP, right? Like if all of a sudden people are like, uh, Izzy is uh, you know Jameer Gibbs or Izzy at the 106. You're like whoa, 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 wait, what? You know, it's like hold on. You know, so everything is a matter of ADP. I've seen him, you know, Israel that is being taken in the third and fourth round of Superflex rookie mocks um, and even real rookie drafts where it's like, dude. You need to push the button in the second round for Israel Abanacanda. I just we just did a uh, we're going to release this on the website. You guys are going to love it. Uh, it was me, Chalk, and Tommy drafted uh, as the undroppables against um, Cody Carpentier, Dario, and um, Theo Greminger from Player Profiler. And in that little mock draft, I was able to secure Israel Abanacanda at the two point oh five. Yeah. That was, I felt comfortable taking him there. It was, what was interesting is it was picked right after Theo Greminger picked Devon A-Chain at the 2.04, and I was thrilled. I just, I remember being like, yes, uh, thank God. And uh, that was what I wanted to happen. So Yeah, it's it's like playing Mario Kart and somebody picks um, Yoshi and then you're, and then they offer you and they're like, hey, you get Bowser at same speed. Oh, perfect. I don't know what you're talking about, but I believe Duh. Yes, it's basically that. Uh, if I knew what you were talking about, um, I get it. it, it I get it. Of course you do, Michael. Don't worry. Michael yeah, I'm it. a nerd. It is the what kid, it is. The kids get it too. I'm telling you, all the kids listen to the show. Hey, man. You know, hey, the what kids are all kids right. Listen to the show. Your demographic is definitely not children. Twenty-five to thirty-five. If I had to guess, yeah, who my in there is a kid? You guys are all kids. Trust <laughs> me. Jax is like, hey, man. Everybody at my home is going to listen to this episode, and they're going to be so oh, mad. Yeah, at you. his children. They they listen. They, they do. They listen more than they should, considering the language their father uses. They continue to ask me to stop swearing. (laughs) They continue. Dad, do you have to swear so much? Why are you swearing so much? Ah, I don't know. I I think I spent like one episode doing that, and then I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's all good. I mean, you know, 
I've found that our listeners appreciate the authenticity and the honesty. Cause I was thinking about it. Like I don't have a lot of like awful um, reviews out there. And to say that I haven't attacked like Jets fans, Giants fans, Dolphins fans, whoever, like all sorts of different fan bases. But I think they appreciate the honesty and the authenticity. Cause you know, I do hate your asses. Well, all the fans that would write bad reviews about you are also haters. So they just appreciate <laughs> exactly your language. You know? Yes. Yes. It's a fair point. You're, you're like these fucking shit bags. And they're like, yeah, well, that fucking shit bag. And they don't get on Yelp. You know, that's true. Yeah, they don't even. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They're just happy to be along for the ride. So what do we got next, Michael? What am I going to who am next I gonna- up? Uh, we are going to the tight end position. Ooh, and I'm actually going to I'm going to change it up on you a little bit. This is your um, this is your space. I well no my space is like guys that go on like day two and then I can draft them in the fifth round of the rookie draft and kind of hope that they pan out in a few years and they never do they never do it's fine I'm still That's waiting right. on Adam Troutman Irv Smith it's it's fine Tommy Tremble uh Tom oh, Tommy Tremble man coming soon <laughs> coming soon to a football field near near you um, Tommy no this is the year for Tommy man I know this it is, is I year. know it is buddy I it, agree. it is it is uh good old uh, up crowd's gonna be thrown to him. It's going to be great. Uh, I think he's, yeah, he's on the Panthers still. Um, anyway, uh, so Michael Mayer yep, or Dalton Kincaid or Darnell Washington. Dalton Kincaid is my tight end one. So easy. Dalton Kincaid. Uh, what was the question? Do you like any tight ends in the draft? <laughs> that is I thought the question, I thought the question was, would you like these two over this one? No, 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 no. Any of the three. Oh, of the three. um, I threw in. I chose to throw in Darnell Washington. So, so the way I build my teams, I go very tight end strong. And since that's the case, this is going to be a very weird year of drafting rookies for me because it's just going to be take a bunch of them later. Um, I'm not targeting any of them for usage. It's just going to be storage and yeah. hopeful pr- production later. Hopeful like. Uh, value rise that's all i really want so i don't care who you're getting just don't depend on them this year get as many as you can uh get as many get as many uh, laportas and musgraves and zach kuntz's as you can possibly snag and you know what if you're gonna if you want to spend 110 111 on michael meyer that's fine but no, if you it. want to trade back and get a, you know, a second and a late second and an early third and get three of those other guys, do that. Yeah, don't do it because even if you had drafted Kyle Pitts at the one ten, you're still pissed off about it. And Kyle Pitts is like this legendary uh, tight end prospect. Generally, these tight ends don't pan out. I mean, we see him, you know, flirt with things from here, here and there. But you really have a hard time. By the way, uh, I was on Fantasy Pros with uh, fan. Pat Fitzmaurice yesterday too. That's going to release tomorrow, Friday or whatever. So that was fun. That was actually a good show. Uh, me and Tom Strachan and, uh, Oh, he's great. Yeah, he's great. It was a great show. They, they were really, really great. And I was there. Um, they were great though. Um, Sounds about so right. you guys can mute the parts when I'm talking. It's really a good show. If you watch it that way, you can drink while I'm talking. Anyway, my, my good friend at fantasy pros, Thor Nystrom, who I fucking love, did a recent article. I retweeted it uh, about the tight ends and he did his tight end rankings. And I was happy to see that his tight end one in this draft, also Dalton Kincaid, he addresses some of the, the, the concerns uh, with blocking and his size. He's a little bit undersized, just a shade under six, four, but he's long armed. He's got good 
you know, leaping ability. He's, 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 he's just a really natural receiver. I was surprised to hear in his article, you got to read this article. Uh, like I said, I retweeted it. So it's easy to find. Just go to my page. You'll find it. But cool. um, great article had Dalton Kincaid as tight end one. And then just to your point, he did have <clears throat> Michael Mayer as, as tight end two, but his tight end three was Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta also a slightly undersized as well, just a shade under six, four as well. But these guys are still two forty five. Um, I like Sam Laporta. Okay. The guy that you mentioned that I really like is, uh, is, uh, Luke Musgrave. You know, Luke Musgrave is six, five and a half, <laughs> two fifty five, And stop, his stop, stop shaking your head like that real quick. None Mike. of you are giving any respect <laughs> to the six, seven man named Darnell Washington. He is the best blocker in this it. class. Yeah. He's also him. a complete and total monster. PPD. Sure. Path, He's a points monster. Per, points per block, points per pay. Yeah, Screw you. He's a monster. He's going to be great. I've now decided that I, I didn't think I was this passionate about him, but I am. So here we are. Where do you want him? Tight end now, one. always 1.01. 1. Do you, do you, do you, Stop it. Come on. No, seriously, do you like him as your tight end one? I mean, no, probably not, but I think I like him for the value that he'll be in drafts. No, no, no but listen, at the end of the day, like, Sure, you agree with the value, but I mean, like, I'm not going to take Dalton Kincaid as tight end one. I won't ever. I mean, presumably, won't ever have to. I'll wait till Michael Mayer gets picked, and then I can start to think about what I can do if I can trade to a spot or if he's going to fall to me, etc. And in a lot of cases, other other tight ends might go earlier than Kincaid as well, like Darnell Washington. And for those reasons, I'd be okay with that. Now, at the end of the day, I'm just asking, like, is he your tight end one, regardless of value? Of course, you're not going to pay tight end one prices for him but he's either one or two um one if not Kincaid yeah you do like Kincaid okay I do like Kincaid yeah I just love Darnell Washington Darnell Washington is he's massive he's super athletic yeah I don't like that I we we always talk about you know the number one thing that translates in terms of uh like um the analytics of like college stuff it's it's athleticism from the tight end position Darnell Washington is about as athletic as you can get and he's massive, yep. and I just I want him to give me a big bear hug, and then Jax, I'll die. What's his, his touchdown arm. rate compared to his team? Not good. <laughs> I know you put a you put a tweet out about this. Do you remember? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, I think he, he had, think he had three out of a hundred. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he had three good. out of one hundred and sixteen touchdowns for his team, or something like that. Yeah, it's not good. It's I not mean, promising. It's not because you would think they would have used him in that way um, if he was valuable in that way. It's very – and, of course, as soon as you start saying this, people are just so eager to yell Brock Bowers, and I get that. I understand. But, look, if he's that good, then he should have at least played alongside Brock Bowers and not got completely played off the field. I know he was blocking. I know yada, 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 yada. Do you remember how I'm good saying, Gronk and Aaron right. Hernandez were? No, right. no, which, no. Which one of those no, guys got stop. shut down the just way Darnell stop. Washington did? Just stop. It's true. No, I hate. No, we're not having another goddamn Rob Gronkowski and Aaron goddamn Hernandez conversation. Why on this can't podcast. we compare every tight end to those two? Because yes. nothing on earth pisses me off more, and Jax knows this. Actually, He's smiling. Plenty of things piss you off. I no, honest to God. I'm not. Yeah, a lot pisses me off. Of course, yes, this is I don't the think fa- this is anything. The fans favorite part of the I don't show think is when anything in off. fantasy football 
pisses me off more than when people bring up Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. I had to fight the fight with Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry for yeah. three straight off seasons because people are absolute and total morons thinking that Johnu Smith was ever going to do anything and that they could do something with that offense to be fantasy relevant. And look what freaking happened. And immediately people are like, oh, but Johnu Smith and Kyle Pitts. No, shut the fuck up, we're, you moron. What about Dalton Keene and Devin Asiasi? Yeah, that yeah. was that was. I thought that was the ceiling. Uh, a right plus there. A is not B plus B. But what I'm, what I think he's saying is that there should have been enough room for him to score a few touchdowns in his college career. Is all sure I that's think fine. Just saying. don't bring up Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez right. on this podcast. If there were ever two tight ends that ever played on the same team before, wink, wink, ever, could it have been uh, Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers? I suppose it could have been. Look, at the end of the day, though, he is an amazing blocker, which could. It helps a tight end. It also hurts him. Like if he's only sort of used as a blocking tight end, that's not good. You know, that that's the Kittle situation, right? He's so good at blocking that they're like, dude, just fucking destroy people and we're running the ball behind you, right? So we're not passing to you because you're so proficient at, at setting an edge and killing people. That That's just our, our advantage. Um, Gronk was sort of that two-way, you know, advantage player. Now, Darnell Washington certainly is a lot more like Gronk than he is anybody else if you want to count a ceiling for him, right? He's going to be a big guy who can run and make contested catches all over the field, snags it out of the air, gigantic hands, like just an amazing pterodactyl. And and literally Thor calls him an alien. He is. So he has him as tight end four. I think that's very, very fair. But I think the biggest point that we're having a circular talk about it, just wait. Just take the one that falls to you. Be patient. Don't be over aggressive trying to draft these tight ends because you don't need to because here's the thing as we have this conversation i think all three of us would admit we have no fucking clue which one's going to pan out absolutely all, not absolutely right. yeah absolutely yeah, don't take don't take michael meyer at 111 take all three of them at the 211 212 31 if you can make that <laughs> right. happen yes yes because we don't and, know we don't know a goddamn thing yeah, we, we did the draft, and uh, you know I think um, we got Sam Laporta in the fourth round. I got uh, Luke Musgrave in the late third round in that draft. That was non-super flex. Koontz probably I mean, uh, too. Koontz, I think he almost went undrafted. And, and he's, I mean, and he's a scarier rounds. physical freak than any of them. Yep. He's actually – He can't block. Uh, great. Man. You know what I want? You know what I want my tight end to do? Line up out wide. You That's don't it. want him sitting on the bench, though. You know what I mean? You don't want him You're not right. making the team. That's all. You're right. You know, you want him to be is, proficient. Is, are, are, we, are we fading into how uh, Charbonnet is going to be a three-down back? All right. So we're actually going to get to some wide receivers here. We're going right, to say right. A.T. Perry or Cedric Tillman. Bro, I am so A.T. Perry right now. It's, it's hard to really contain my A.T. Perry. I, I mean, you know, there's just too much. Uh, you know, I think both guys, when you look at them, are these outside you know, X receivers, um, neither guy is an early declare. Like there's a lot to like be concerned about with both guys, late breakouts on both of them. But I think I'm just splitting the tie with A.T. Perry and the reputation that I'm hearing from all the film guys and all the rest of it. I think he's just this guy that's going to come in and outwork everybody. And he's one of those, he's just, he's a dog, if you will. He's got the dog factor. I've been hearing that from, you know, my friends, Cody Carpentier and Matt Kelly over at Player Profile, the dog. I love that. I think A.T. Perry is that guy, and I'm feeling really, really good about him. I know that they're both basically 50-year players, but, you know, Cedric Tillman was really terrible for like three years in Tennessee. And then I know he looked really good, but he's a 50-year player, and I'm not so sure about this late breakout with Cedric Tillman in a gimmicky offense. I think I'll take 
you know, A.T. Perry, who had to sort of carry his Wake Forest team and did so pretty admirably for two straight seasons. And uh, again, turn on the highlight tapes, turn on a game tape. I don't give a shit. Just go watch some A.T. Perry. You're going to be like, actually, that does look a lot like an NFL wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a strong opinion on either of them, but I will say that I'll go with A.T. Perry. Um, there's definitely like some red, there's red flags on both of them, both like of a them. decent amount of red flags there, but like you said, they're both old, um, AT Perry, he only, he only played four years. Um, but still like he didn't break out until he was like almost 22. So a very late breakout age, his dominator was like pretty good, but probably not as good as it, I would have expected or hoped it to be at a place like Wake Forest. Um, you know, I don't love the weight, the, the, there's definitely red flags. Yeah, but all Matt, that being you'll, said, Matt, you'll appreciate this. These these two receivers are on the edge of when I'm stopping drafting wide receivers. Like I feel like we're fighting over Jalen Tolbert and David Bell, and I couldn't give a fuck less. Oh, David yes. Bell. No, that no, yeah. but that's right. He's David right. Bell. Like that's why I said that because like at some point you're drafting Jalen Tolbert and you didn't realize it, right? Like right. now Jalen Tolbert was a third round pick and landed in Dallas, and like it was opportunity and a little bit of that. And you're right. Like that, but that's the kind of the good thing is like you're either catching, you know, lightning in a bottle or not, but you're right. You should probably be very, very soon after the the premium day one uh, and day two wide receivers, you should be flipping to running back, tight end, and basically that's it. And also, or I'd say I'd prefer future liquidity. Like where are these guys going? If they're going to 301, give me the 25 second instead. Bingo. Fuck these dudes. Okay. Yes, I agree 100%. Or as, or as you like to call them, fuck these shitbags. That's exactly right. But that's, that's exactly the game right. theory part of it. So I, that's exactly right. When you're at these points and if someone else is hot about Cedric Tillman or whatever, just sell the pick. Get the hell out of there. Sure. Like, absolutely. And if you're going to – if you're forced to take a pick – first of all, thank you, Matt, for saying this because this is exactly correct. When I'm on the clock, most of the time in my second and third rounds, like – I'm looking to sell those picks first. Like almost sure. any time I'm on the clock in a rookie draft, I'm like, wait, wait, if anybody where's else, your mark? where's your mark in the second? Cause yeah, there's gotta be a, there's, there's gotta be a point in the second where you say, you know what? After let's say I don't love tank Dell, but he is my last guy to ticket as a second this year. Like where, where do you, where do you stop investing? Well, 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 here's the thing. You, you never think you can think that way about tiers for sure. But even if you're in a good tier, you can still look to, to trade that pick because it could be that someone else thinks the same way, right? Okay. So you could be in the mid-second and you're like, dude, this is the last one of like the – this is actually a pretty good prospect here. And you're like on the clock and someone else is like thinking – you know they might be thinking the same thing because some of these things just play themselves, right? You're like, no, this is it. And so if you're there and someone's going to give you a future first – for the 2.05 or 2.06 or whatever. Oh, you see my point? Clear, Whereas clear. at the 2.07, yeah. you couldn't get that. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Because you missed it. So the point is always explore the options of trading the pick because you aren't exactly sure how someone else is going to see it. And what happens with this rookie fever that we all have, look, we're fucking talking about it in our mom's basement right now. I'm actually in your mom's basement talking <laughs> I'm about in it. your mom's basement. So weird. Do you want but some listen, cold water? <laughs> we're, I don't need any, any cold water, but it's hot over here. Um, but what I'm saying is like, we're so excited about talking about these rookies. We all get excited. I'm guilty as charged, but still, pragmatism pays and when you're on the clock you look to sell that pick not just to get off it but to to future liquidity future value build the iron bank and fucking dominate your league because the other thing about it is if you want to put if you got two six and you're looking at 
uh, Cedric Tillman, don't do that. Just no. trade for a, a 24 uh, second and third. And then you know what? If you actually look like you're going to make a run towards the end of the year, you know what you have in your bank? Pick. A second and third. Right. And yeah. you can do whatever you want with that, you know? Yeah. Yes. I agree. You can get an old ass DeAndre Hopkins. You could get a, a flourishing Deontay Foreman or some uh, whatever running back. Like, yeah. Uh, the, the picks in the pocket are worth so much more than Tillman could yes. give you or Perry could give you. It doesn't Agreed. matter about those guys. So I, I don't like I don't like the prospect profiles at this point in the year because uh, the cash is more important. Those are likely third round picks as it is right now. I know you're not paying a ton of attention, but still, your point is the fucking same, whether it's a fourth, a second or a third, is that you don't doesn't necessarily matter. just want to overinvest in any player. But I'll ask this. Are you know you're in New Orleans? Yep. Is Keishon Boutte booty or Boutte? I mean, and I, what, what I mean man. by is he good or is he bad? So I've I've every single year that I've played Dynasty, the two oh one is about is it's it's about half the price to buy that the one twelve is. Right. So every year for like six months, I get so excited about buying up snatching up all these two oh ones. I'm like, who am I gonna get? Who am I gonna get? Last year I got two oh ones in a third of my leagues uh through trade. And you know, I was like, I'm so excited to get James Cook. I'm going to get James Cook at every single 201. And then what happens? James Cook gets the hype and now he's going at 110 and it doesn't matter at all. Uh, because I you lucked out and got Rashad White instead? Sorry. Ex- well, if you consider that lucky, sure, we're going to get to that later. I, I, yeah. so I looked at your show sheet. I'm not excited about it. You, but, you glanced at it? Yeah. <laughs> but but <laughs> I had so many... Uh, so, so I guess... This year, I've got so many 201s lined up for Hendon Hooker and Izzy Abanaconda that I don't know what's going to happen, but I do have those 201s lined up. And the important thing is, is that I got them for about 70% of the price they should be because the difference between 201 and 112 is that massive, massive gap. And it's so dumb. Yes, it's true. Uh, so These are facts. I, I don't really, I don't really care who goes there, but I've got a bunch of what I consider luxury picks at two hundred one because they're you can get whatever you want there. Yeah, you late know? first you round. Are, you underpaid for those two hundred ones. That's right. Yep. No, they call them seconds. They call them seconds, and they're wrong. They call one twelves first, and they're wrong. That's right. It's just the twelfth and thirteenth pick. <laughs> That's it. That's right. So, speaking of that, we're going to go to Tajay Spears. Or Kendra Miller. Ooh. I'll tell you what, Tajay, Tajay just looks so great. Um, these are th- this is a tough one, M- Michael. What do you say? I don't even know. This is like one where I was going to ask you, and uh, I, <laughs> I mean, you just asked me, you put me on the spot. I don't know what to think about these two guys. I think it's Tajay Spears, but I'm ready to be wrong. I'll cut him off because it looks like he's frozen, but. <clears throat> I I, li- I live five minutes from Tulane. Exactly. So this is your guy. Ta- it's it's hard not to take Tajay just because you like rooting for the guys you like rooting for. Yes. I wish that I could say that's why I'm stuck with so much Darnell Mooney. But <laughs> I'm a little I'm a little bit. I wish I was more of a heartfelt player instead of a you know pragmatist. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I wish I had more Mooney because I love Tulane. And I'm probably gonna wish I had more Tajay, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, Tajay's cool. You know what? As fuck, dude. He's, he's, a so, fun he's so he's so cool, man. Just watching him play is 
it's he plays with passion. He plays yeah. he plays angry. He plays nasty, speedy, all those things. But if if the NFL uh, takes his health tests and they say, you know what, this mm. dude is a giant risk, and we're not going to take him because of his knees, because of his multiple multiple knee injuries. I, I'm not then smarter than the fade. NFL. Yeah. Who, who's smarter than the NFL? I hope. I hope. I hope most of my league mates are smarter than the NFL. Yeah. I mean, I am technically, but that's besides the point. That's a topic <laughs> for another day. Michael, what do you got here? You got you going the big back and Kendra Miller? Or are you going with the shiny new toy? You know, <clears throat> I, I love shiny no new idea. toys. I have no. I do like shiny new toys. Um, I just, I don't. I just don't have a strong opinion. I know it's um, a tough one. That's why you're not going to get any Tajay Spears. <laughs> that's fine. True. Like I'm fine with right. that. I, I the, the more. The if more you, that I've if learned you say, about if you this, the if you turn the care. lights off in the bathroom and you say Ty J Spears in the mirror three times, James Cook will show up behind you. That's probably true. Is that a good thing or a bad thing though? No, it's terrible. It's, a, it's an old wives' tale. It's, it's terrible not in true. the first. It's an old wives it's not true. Tale. Not true. I think Ty J Spears. Uh, you know, I've I've comped him to Aaron Jones, which I think is a fun uh, you know comp. But also, Aaron Jones was drafted in the fifth round. Aaron Jones was not a first round rookie pick. So. For all those reasons, I would want to invest a little late second in Tajay Spears. In a lot of cases, I think he's going to go well ahead of that. Uh, unless, of course, he does actually get fifth-round draft capital in the real NFL. And then, who knows? He may be a 2-3 turn pick. So Then he might way, be Ramondre. Yeah, that's right. We love Ramondre around these we streets. We do. Mike, what do we got next, Michael P. Duncan? Just for reference real quick, because I like looking at this kind of stuff, NFL Mock Draft database has Tajay Spears going around pick 86, Kendrick Miller going pick 110. Uh, What what, what form is that in? Is that in NFL Draft? NFL, yeah. Yeah, NFL Draft. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah, because, again, like with most, most of these guys, like I think NFL draft is going to determine a lot of what their value yeah, it's, is. So. It's hard to know without knowing what their medicals show on Tajay because it is his yeah. two knees that really held him back. Oh, I'll tell you uh, just real wrong? quick. Um, uh, the people might care. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, Tajay Spears. It, so the running backs in our draft, when we drafted, uh, you know, the uh, the – Player profiler against undroppables. It went Bijan, Jameer Gibbs, Zach Charbonnet, Roshan Johnson, Devon A. Chain, Israel Abanacanda. And then, like, it went like a bunch in a row Kendra Miller, Tank Bigsby, Sean Tucker, Tajay Spears, Zach Evans. So those five kind of went all in a row. It's and the so, same. It's the same thing as if you want Michael Meyer at one eleven, then just trade back for all these other dudes and get three of them. Yeah, it's the same thing as the. It's the running backs right now. The only dynasty advice I can give you is to trade back to where you'll get more of these shots because they're yeah. all the same dude. Well, I, I, they're de- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're definitely not all the same dude, but they're all the same possibility of hitting. Right. Yeah. That's so right. just take more shots. Yeah, there's definitely a muted uh, running back class this year. Sometimes it's not like that. Sometimes it's well, like, well, oh, no, clearly there's it, two top or four top or whatever, it's, but it's deep. Yep. It's deep and it's very decent. Yes. Speaking that's, of I think deep that's the and worst decent. possible thing that a running back class can be, by the okay, way. Okay, so you yes. love Darnell Washington, even though he was behind. That's oh, the oh, tight because, end position. But, 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 but we're we'll just going to cross over. You love Darnell Washington and you're excusing him because he was behind Brock Bowers, right? So you must love Roshan Johnson this year. Behind Bijan, hidden. This little this little hidden gem. No. No. Because 
I like Darnell Washington because he's six seven and a monster. Fast. Yeah, he is a big he is a big nasty dude. You're right. He's a he's a massive he's a big, dude. Nasty dude. And he's fast and he's quick and he's explosive and that's a that's reason enough to invest in tight ends in yeah. uh, in your rookie draft. But do understand that it's also very likely that as good as he is, he probably won't be good in the NFL for at yep. least a, a year or two or three. So that's the hard that's part. But um, guys, I am a big Rashad White fan i've made trades for rashad white i liked drafting rashad white uh that is starting to pay off and is sounding like it's going to pay off as soon as this year where he has a clear runway to an rb1 for his team position they might draft somebody but the way they're talking they're talking about him as a you know mini bell cow in other words a guy who's going to get all down and distance work he certainly got pass work last year you know, he got pass work despite the fact that Leonard Fournette caught over, I think, 70 passes last year. So there's also opportunity opening up for him in the pass game. I don't think he's going to necessarily see that type of ceiling, but, you know, 40, 50, 60 catches is well within his range of outcomes, given the fact that he'll also be sort of an early down player with a lot of pop. Rashad White is a top what running back in Dynasty? 15. Oh Maddie. wow, that's that's spicy for me. Uh, I mean, I, like it's the end of fifteen, but I think that's probably around where I like him. Um, yeah, I mean, in reality, like I think he's probably between fifteen to nineteen. But like for the sake of the exercise, I'll say top fifteen. That, Maddie, that's you, fair. You okay with that? <clears throat> no, no, I'm definitely not. Okay, um, fair enough. He's fine. He's good. Uh, the team is fluctuating. The res- the response his responsibility is very fragile. I I want to know you bro- the way you started this was by ta- saying that you saw a bunch of trades for him, and I'm wondering what they were because I would probably trade any early second just to have that cash in hand because whoever they take. Uh, in the third round, you could buy for whatever you sold Rashad White for. You're going to love my trade, Matt. Go ahead. You're yes. going to love it. I traded J.K. Dobbins for Rashad White in the 2.05. Yeah, I do like that. I do like that. <laughs> I like. I, honestly, I like it for both sides. Good for them for betting. Yeah. Um. But I'm gonna get I'm gonna get another back, you know. I'm gonna get yeah. You're gonna I mean, get two, and that's the important thing. It could be a Banacanda and Rashad White, or whatever, or whatever, you know. Whoever, it's, yeah. We're, we're gonna learn more and more and more that there's no more bell cows, and it's just gonna be about uh, a bit, cool. availability yeah. is the best ability, and so yeah. two is better than one. If you want, you want. Do you want two hundred one or do you want two two hundred fours? Of course, you right. want two two hundred fours. Of course, right. every yeah. time. Yeah. If you're talking about running backs that we need to put into our lineups. Yeah, I just think, uh, you know, the, the offense is an issue. Um, but, you know, we've seen this plenty of times before where, you know, there's been a... How, how, how is Pierce. Baker Mayfield's offense going to be an issue? <laughs> right. Good point. It's not going to be an issue. They're going to be flying high, baby. They're going to be Playoff balling team. hard, buddy. Yeah. Playoff team. Well, speaking one, of running backs... The, pick one of the drafts. <laughs> well, speaking of running backs in the NFL, non-rookies... Yeah. yeah. We want to look at some fragile running back situations pre-draft. Yeah. Uh, as I think we do most every year for the most part. 
Um, Because it's always one of the positions that I think stands to gain or lose the most value following the NFL draft. It's a very, Um, hey, Michael, this is a very interesting conversation because, and we're going to, we're probably going to, this is probably going to be the way we go out. And it's, there's a lot of guys we can talk about, a lot of guys we can bring up. But I think the way I wanted to frame this too is like just the way you are, which is that Rashad White is one of these backs that like, could be eviscerated by the draft like you know he's a he's a fragile superstar yeah i mean he could be he could be uh his team's rb1 and and get 250 carries and 90 targets next year or he could be sitting behind Bijan. like i don't think they're going to take Bijan, but that's not the point they could and it's still open and and they could they could sign zeke they whatever they could sign kareem hunt or bring back leonard fordette like I know they're probably not doing any of those things, but they're probably doing one of those things, drafting Kendra Miller or Tajay Spears or Israel Abanikanda or Roshan Johnson. Somebody's going to be available at a pick where they might be picking, and they're going to want to add depth. So at some point or another, they're going to add depth. What does that depth look like? Is that depth going to be better than Rashad White? Is that depth going to be you know, to replace Rashad White? Is that is that going to be to complement Rashad White? And there's so many of these backs that you know what's funny? You, are you fragile. So, we've, we've got so much talent tied up uh, in in Dynasty, talent over opportunity. And there, in every other position, it makes total sense. Right. But in in the running back position, like we are dumb for thinking we know anything. Right. We're just stupid. We're, st- we're stupid for putting our plant, plant, planting. Don't plant a flag on running backs. Right. Well, the thing about, and I've said this for years about the wide receiver versus running back position, you know, Brandon Cooks was just brought into, um, you know, Dallas and he's like a hundred target guy. I mean, like he's been getting hundred targets per season everywhere he's gone. He doesn't change CD Lamb's projection at all, almost at all. I mean, if anything, he helps because the offense will be more efficient and CD might get more more opportunities, you know, especially if he's the only guy they bring in. Right. I mean, at some point, there's a point of diminishing returns. If they brought in five wide receivers that are like Brandon Cooks, you're right. But that never happens. There's always and nowadays there's always three receivers. Three receivers is sort of the standard, you know, setup. So, I mean, there's going to be three receivers no matter what, you know, and 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 CeeDee Lamb's good enough to be one of them. And so isn't, I don't know, pick a guy who's you know, equivalent to Rashad White, you know, uh, you know, George Pickens, George Pickens is going to be on the field. Like if they draft a wide receiver, George Pickens is still going to play. Like he's going to play. Whereas if, you know, so if they took a first round wide receiver, Pittsburgh, you know, they took uh, Quentin Johnson or any one of these awesome, you know, first round picks, Pickens is still playing. He's still going to be on the field. That's just going to happen. And his target percentage is probably not all that affected by who they bring in a little bit, but not a lot. Whereas one of these backs, if one of these backs usurps another back, there's only one running back on the field at the time. Oftentimes those, those guys get 60 or 70% of the workload and the other guy is a secondary player. So they can be more greatly affected by competition brought into their backfield than a wide receiver period point blank. For sure. hundred percent. Yeah. And so we look at these guys and we wonder if they're how fragile they are, how likely it is that something is going to happen to them that's going to diminish their value. And Rashad White, fairly good bet that something's going to happen to change his value or to change his 
his his outlook this coming can, season. Can we can we just just for fun, let's just brainstorm a few things that could happen that could change his value. Go One, uh, his quarterback sucks and they don't make any touchdowns. Yeah. Massive, massive downgrade. So why would you invest in that? In if that running back stay keeps his place in the depth chart, who gives a shit if they're only getting twenty six touchdowns next year? Well, if they suck, that means they're trailing in every game, and he's the you know dump off guy in the fourth quarter when they're just trying to move the ball Ooh, down the field. Baby, now we're talking narratives, and I love PPR. this street. PPR, yep. I love baby. this. Now you we're know, talking balancing balancing narratives. They're going to have to I throw the it. ball, and Baker Mayfield isn't even good at throwing the football, so he's going to throw it two yards to Rashad White, who's going to run. He's going to have just fucking five targets in the fourth quarter, which is way better than a touchdown. Damn it! I came in here having such strong stances, and you said that, and it just it it moved. It moved. You yeah. said that, and it moved. That's the thing is like even a shitty team, it's okay. You know, Damian Pierce, mm-hmm. whatever, especially for a pass catcher. Because here's the thing. All I care about is that you're in the game when you're losing big and needing to throw the ball every fucking down. If you're the running back who's in the game for that on a bad team, I'm interested. Damn it. Are you? Damn it. You know what really sucks? You're making me excited about Rashad White because he's becoming the anti-DeAndre Swift where you're yeah. like, oh, it's a terrible team. They're just going to pass it all the time and he's going to go to And now all of a sudden, like, maybe DeAndre Swift goes away and Rashad White becomes the new uh, pass-catching dirtbag that doesn't yeah. help his team at all but gets a bunch of points for your fantasy team. Speaking of a pass-catcher who's probably, like, the best player in the league that is has some question marks around him right now is Austin Eckler. Um, Michael, what's the update on Austin Eckler? Are, are they any closer to signing his ass? No, I'm pretty sure the Chargers straight up like stopped it. Hmm. Like they stopped negotiations. Uh, that came out like a day or two ago um, as of the recording of this podcast. So I think they're actually farther away than like when all that news was first reported. Hmm. So it sounds like he's either going to get traded and get a new deal, which I kind of doubt anyone is going to trade and pay a almost, if not already, 30-year-old running back, or he enters free agency next year. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. Hard yeah. place to be for Eckler managers in Dynasty. That's what I'm saying. Like, Eckler's a sneaky one, man. Like, I love Eckler. And, you know, Michael, you have the famous <clears throat> take of, you know, him being – you know, going from a, a bell cow to, you know, a satellite back for, you know, his aging out years. And he may be a year closer to that than I really wanted. I thought it was at least one more year of, you know, he's the man and they're rolling. I mean, I wonder if they're just going to do at least a one year restructure with him just to give him some security for this year. But man, it's not sounding like it based off of what you're saying. And for those reasons, they become a team that is very likely to invest some capital at the running back position, because if they do let him walk, they are scant behind him. They're looking at Isaiah Spiller as their best back behind him, and that's not a good thing. No, it wasn't good last year, and it hasn't been good behind Austin Eckler for a couple of years. So, right, yeah, I think chances well, are. Hold on, you're forgetting about Johnston Jackson or something like that. <laughs> Justin is Justin, Justin Jackson. There? Jackson? No, no, he's not. No. Oh, he's not. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just making up names. Johnston Jackson. Johnston I like that Jackson. guy better. Johnston Jackson. What a Jackson. running back. Dude, he's yeah. he's ready. He's ready. Yeah. You know what? You know who I'm trying to sell to all my league mates in Dynasty right now? Who? Johnston, Johnston Jackson. Jackson. John, I'll tell you, if you can get something for him, he's worth it. I'm, I'm looking for fourths for Johnston Jackson. <laughs> 
I think I'd give up a fourth for Johnson Jackson. <laughs> you can't even say his name in a way that's like not fucking ridiculous. Like if you try to say Johnston Jackson, you kind of because I don't remember it. exactly which one is still there. One of them went to Detroit, and the other one stayed. And I yeah. don't remember which one's which. So we're just gonna shitbag. We're just gonna a sell him to Michael B. B. Duncan for a fourth. Yeah, I'm in. Multiple shitbag. <laughs> All right. But you know what I'm saying? So that that's one of those guys that's like, you know, the ceiling, you know, is there. Of course, man. I mean, the kid, if he stays with Herbert, like 100 catches is what I think. Did he have 100 catches last yeah, year? I think he had 107, something like that. Unfucking yeah. it, was, it was ridiculous. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like they just they just pitch it to him all game. And like yeah. they they go for it on fourth down. They're they're. I mean, just a high volume, high pace offense. Let, like, let me ask you all awesome. this: Y'all play dynasty. What if, what if they keep him, but they take Charbonnet in the second? What Ugh, are y'all doing? Brutal. Yeah. What are y'all doing? Brutal. I, I just, think Austin Eckler is going to be Austin Eckler for one more season. Yeah. And then God knows what's going to happen after that because I yeah. don't think he's coming back to the Chargers. But I have, I have very little doubts that if he's healthy, he's going to be. Great, quote, quote unquote, the man, right? Yeah. I mean, exactly. here's the thing: if they do bring in a guy like Charbonnet, the one thing I would say about Eckler is he's still that pass down back that's going to get 100 catches. Like, maybe yep. he's not going to get 100 catches, but you know, what I mean, he's that guy. Whether or not he gets goal line and some of the empty, look, we've been fine if they take some of the empty carries away from him. Like, we're like almost happy mm-hmm. to do it. Yep. You know, I mean, oh, he, he's, he's happy for too. it too. He's happy. He, he wants right. that. Yes. Yeah. Like he wants eight to ten carries and like eight to ten targets. So Charbonnet is eighty percent good at everything. Yes, and that's why that's I think correct. he'd be a really good fit there as Eckler transitions out. Is that's they could just true. put him to hammer through and do whatever else. But also Eckler could maybe guide him to be a little bit better of a uh, pass blocker and do all the things that make Eckler sexy. Is get those good touches. Yeah, interesting. Yep, for sure. Who's next on our list, Michael P. Duncan? Who's next I, who else? On our list is Dalvin. Oh, Dalvin. Hook. Shit. I was asked about Dalvin on the Mind of Mansion. I couldn't even answer. I'm I'm a mess when it comes to Dalvin. What what do you think is going to happen with Dalvin, guys? I think at this Sell point. Him. Go ahead. I think yeah, at this point he's, sure, yeah. he's going to remain on the Vikings. Like I That'd be I, great. I I just have a hard time thinking that they wouldn't have already made a move for this season if they right. were going to. Um, I just uh, that uh, you don't often see that kind of move being made after the draft. I don't right. think so. That's kind of where I'm at with that. What do you, What do you think, Maddie? <clears throat> if you're past your fourth rookie year, then you're a thousand years old, yeah. and if you are 26, then you're dead. <laughs> right. It's awesome. I don't know what you do. I don't have any Dalvin Cook. I don't have any of these 26-year-old running. I actually did. <clears throat> I'm lying. I did buy a bunch of Zeke towards the end of the year for like pennies. But pennies. Uh, the the entire last generation of running backs, you, you, you have to cash out right now. And then <clears throat> if your teams don't have running backs because you built them properly to win later, you're going to get a bunch of Dalvin Cook's mid-season for seconds right so just do that yep no that's smart i I don't have a take on the character i don't have a take on the player but that's what you should do with the archetypes yes that's true i i just the best case scenario i feel like for both eckler and for dalvin is to stay where they're at um oh yeah i think that's the case for probably every running back that exists right 
Yeah, for sure. Almost every running back. Well, so so th- we can call this episode uh, running back fragility. Yes. Boy, oh boy. In every it, way, every direction. Yeah. Every direction. Because, you know, just as we're talking about, you know, think about what we're basically saying. You know, we want a bunch of second round picks to take a bunch of these running backs. A bunch of these running backs are literally going to be on a bunch of these teams. You know, you, you know what I tried to do earlier this season? I tried to I tried to sell Swift for five twenty three seconds. <laughs> right. Because that's good. I like sure, that. They, they, on, on the one hand, it is a little bit exciting to think what I don't know what people are going to try to do with these running backs, but I do see them running. Uh, final year contract guys into the ground. Yeah, I can see that. I can see them just hammering Swift and him winning you a, a championship if he stays healthy. And if he doesn't, then they don't give a shit because they're not paying him next year. And like they right. they're not trying to save him. They're trying to give him 300 carries. I could see that. But on the other hand, um, why not re-roll to to? Do you want do you want, do you want Swift or do you want five Zach Evanses? Right. I know what exactly. I want. Yeah, I want no, five Zach Evans. I want. Yeah, I think that the guy that uh, of that class that's actually really kind of in a weird situation is Mixon, um, and I feel like I feel like Cincinnati is really ready to move on. What do you think, Michael P. Duncan? Do you think that's uh, that Mixon returns, or do you think his days are numbered in Cincinnati? If you had asked me before the off season, I would have said he was going to get cut. Right, but very similarly to Dalvin Cook, he's yeah. still there. He's hanging on. I think Cincinnati thinks that he's got one more year left in him, and they see their situation with Burrow and Higgins and Jamar Chase and the newly signed Orlando Brown, and they're going to make another run with this core before they have to pay Burrow, and they have to decide what they're going to do with Higgins, and they have to plan for what they're going to eventually do with Jamar Chase. Mm. And I think this is going to be one last hurrah for Mixon in Cincinnati. And I think he's going to be very similar in production to the last couple of years. So, Ooh, that's yeah. a sexy buy. Yeah, yeah, he is a sexy buy because people are so out on him. But um, I think even as a buy, I think they're going to backfill that position at the, in the draft. That look, I think if the if Bijan were there for them, what twenty six or whatever, which I don't think he will be. I do think they'd push the button for Bijan. Oh, that think- would be so good. Can you imagine? Dude, just being a Cincinnati Bengals fan at that at that time. Me and Chalk have been talking about it. it's the best fucking landing spot for Bijan is Cincinnati. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, I think you're wrong there. Oh, what do you like Go better? Ahead. Make us harder than we are right now. The <laughs> best rushing team in the entire NFL. Who's oh, about to sign it. their quarterback? The, the, are you talking about the 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 Ravens? Yeah, the Ravens. Uh, no, because they don't currently have a quarterback or running. <laughs> the back. Ravens, exactly, or an offensive oh, line. No, well, the, who best, are you about that? the best, the best offensive line in the entire NFL. Eagles, and it's not close. The, <laughs> they have Jalen Hurts, who they're about to sign Andy to a billion dollar contract, a billion dollar contract, which means hey, maybe let's not push him into defensive linemen all the time if we have Bijan Robinson to run it in for touchdowns instead. Miles Sanders is gone. Rashad Penny is Rashad homer Penny. Take, and Kenny take, Gainwell is Kenny take. Gainwell. You know what? It is a homer take, and I'm not even a homer, but it what he's saying does... It made my pants move. The what? only problem is that uh, Hurts doesn't target the running back. I mean, that's it. He's a, he's more of a scrambler, and that's he's going to take Miles off. because Miles Sanders sucks. No, no, listen to me. He's a running quarterback. You don't want a running quarterback with Bijan because you Bijan, know what this comes down to. This comes yeah. down to Jax's love for Kenny Gainwell. 
Yeah, don't fuck with Kenny Gainwell. That's that's right. what it is. Yeah, it's true. Look. A little bit, a little tiny bit, but also I think Bijan. I want to see him like he's going to run downfield routes in the NFL if he's used properly, <sighs> and that is going to be the sickness. Did you hear what? Uh, he, he he has um he has thirteen. His career yards per catch is thirteen point four. His career yards per catch is thirteen point four. That's the same as Keishawn Boutte. You know who's gonna you know who's not gonna pass to their running back? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Get out of here I, with this. We're never gonna know because he's not gonna get drafted by the Bengals or the We were Eagles. having a Cincinnati party and you crashed it. Thanks. I Thanks. I'm sorry, but if I can put Bijan Robinson behind by far the best offensive line in of football. Why would you do that when you have Rashad Penny? That's yeah. why it's not going to happen. Uh, look, it's not going to happen because Howard Roseman isn't a moron and Bijan Robinson isn't going to make it to 30. <laughs> when you have Rashad Penny. Yeah, you guys Rashad are Rashad Penny's really good. That's all I'm saying. Like He's great, and when he's healthy, you're going to have You're going to have Roshan Johnson? You're yeah, gonna have you guys Kenny are Gainwell? set. What do you need? You're set. No, it doesn't matter. We it doesn't matter who we have at running back because of who we have on the offensive line. You can get Eric Gray. You're going to be fine, dude. Don't worry Eric about it. Gray. Listen, get stop buzz here. killing this whole podcast Fucking with this Philadelphia Hull, Hull, whatever his Hull? first name. I don't is even. Yeah. I don't even want the Eagles to draft Bijan Robinson. This is like the opposite of a homer take, but it's the best landing spot <laughs> because you can't. You know it, it is. It is really sexy as a luxury yes. pick. He would 10. have like That's seven really yards fun. before contact. I yeah, mean, obviously, no. all the good offensive teams line. Count, like, Jason Kelsey uh, will be lead blocking as a fucking fullback ninety yards down the field. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares if Jalen Hurts doesn't hey, target? Also, him? Kansas City would be great, of course, too. But I do think Cincinnati's the funnest one. I just want to see him in, in Cincinnati. It really is. It is. You know what? It's the most well-rounded one. Yes. It's the uh, most well-rounded one. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the most well-rounded. It's not they don't have as good an offensive line, obviously. Of course. That is fucking ridiculous to even. They've been stuff. working on it for a year now, but <clears throat> what they do is they they buy older guys and they just use their cap space and it's probably a good idea. We'll see yeah. how it goes this year. Hey, if Bijan goes to my favorite team, then our favorite player is in a lot of trouble, Ramondre Stevenson, because Ooh. we don't want to see um, Bijan go to New England. Do we now? Anybody? Nobody? Nobody wants this, right? It would murder two top 50 picks. Yeah, I want it to happen. In, in Dynasty. It's awful, right? I want it to happen awful. because I am I, I love when the Patriots draft skill players because <laughs> right. they fucking suck at it. Yeah, it's awful. And I just think it's hysterical. And it's just like, Bill Belichick has to be getting dementia or something. I feel like I feel like when uh, analysts reach out on Twitter and they and they say, uh, "Come join us for our mock drafts." I think like what what's going to happen when some dickbag who who's at the one hundred and two is like, "I'm going to make this really funny and and choose uh, Evan Hole at one hundred and two. Ha 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 ha. That's just Bill Belichick every year, and I hate it. Yep. He ruins everything and everybody. He ruins all the fun. He's a fun ruiner. Cole yes. Strange, baby. You that know what? True. I bet if you asked Tom Brady, "Hey, what do you think about uh, Tom, uh, what do you think about Belichick?" He'd be like, "Oh, that's a fun ruiner." Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. He has done some really putrid drafting, especially of skill position players in the first round. Outside of that, he's actually been pretty good at drafting, but it's not for it's, fantasy. It's, no, not for well Gronk. Come on now. Get yeah, if you Gronk's if you ass. played fifteen years ago, old man. Oh, stop it! This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is ridiculous. 
this will not stand. This aggression will not stand. All right, I say that, but uh, Gronk is my most rostered player, so don't Still, don't take I the aggression it. too personally. Yeah. He's the bro king, man. He's the man. Well, yeah, we, we've we've come to an end. There's a lot of other um, uh, fragile running backs, and I would tell all y'all motherfuckers to be careful out there in the streets with your running backs. There's guys I would want to buy and sell. I've talked about the philosophy of selling and buying running backs, basically swap running backs and pick up profit. I was Matt uh, Jester. Matt Jester says, if you can sell your running back for 80% right now, do it. Yes. I was and there's about maybe like, five people that can avoid that. Uh, what, five running backs that avoid that. But if you can sell your running back right now for 80%, yes. do it. What about, uh, what about like uh, selling Javante Williams for like cam acres plus? If you said Isn't that crazy, if you said, all right, you know what? Uh, uh, if the if the plus was a 24 first, I would yeah, absolutely bet against the person's first who's yes. taking Javante. Javante, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's a huge plus, but I would definitely do that. What about Javante Williams for Cam Makers and a 25 first? I would do that. <clears throat> yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah, I think any first basically plus, uh, plus, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, multi- what about 223 seconds? In Cam Akers for Javante no. feels light. Well, let, no, let, let's talk about Cam Akers. How do you feel about that? I, I, I mean, I like Cam it's Akers. all the think, same thing. I think Cam Akers is a buy because I think he's fairly cheap. So I'm into Cam Akers, but he also could be eviscerated. And he's on that shitty offense that you talked about earlier with Rashad White. Probably even worse. I mean, because they're literally probably specifically trying to tank at this point. So that's a show, man. That's a show that we've been doing this long enough. Everybody is super. They're they're tired. They're broken. They want to go home. They're they the people who listen while they run. They're they're breathing heavy. You know what I mean? They're breathing heavy. They're done. I wonder if anybody listens while they have sex. Do you think ever? What do you do? You think stop? AirPods? No. What? You don't think so? So this is I like wearing sunglasses while I have sex, so they don't know what I'm thinking. (laughs) It's like poker. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. For the love of God, end this show. Oh my God. All right. Well, I mean, me and Maddie were on to something if you weren't here to buzzkill it yet again. I mean, we were talking about, you know, a number of things that, you know, you kept us in line. Thank Very you, pertinent Michael. issues that Michael P. Duncan had to cut off. Yeah. I do yep. what I can. <sighs> well, I do what I can. Try and keep me from getting fired, I guess. Maddie, tell, tell them what's up. Say, tell everybody what's <clears> going on. I'm so glad that uh, I just got hired on with you guys. At the at at the undroppables, I'm at ff mad jester. If you want to find me anywhere, it's going to be on Twitter. Uh, I don't really put anything out, but I'm a fun follow, and I'll yes. talk to you. And I I love talking values and fantasy and dynasty. So be sure to reach out. Uh, give me a follow, and we can talk shit. He's a real G in the Twitter streets. There's no doubt about that. Mister P Duncan, you got anything to say to the people before I let you go? Go birds. Go birds. Yeah, Joel for MVP. Yeah. Good for you, man. Hey, you almost you almost won a Super Bowl. We I mean, fair enough. It was pass interference, right? I mean, what a terrible play. I don't have to publish this episode. You wouldn't know what to do with the audio files. <laughs> I mean, you know what you wouldn't do is fire me because you can't because you got nothing now. You guys are just looking for point. a reason to fire me and you can't. I love I love when when Michael P. Duncan threatens his own like 
job with me. Like this, the, the whole relationship. I don't get paid. <laughs> he I'm just threatens shit. the whole thing. Michael, you get paid I plenty. I, I, I'm 100% convinced not a fucking person in this industry gets paid. It's such a dumb thing to be like, oh, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Oh, well, if I get on with these people, what are you? Nobody gets fucking paid, dude. It's just who do you want to hang out with? Who do you want to drink with? Who do you want to talk shit with? Who do you want to talk football with? It doesn't well, fucking stuck, matter. I that's all there is to it. And that's why Maddie Jester's here. So yeah, that's that. Honestly, honestly, that is why I'm here because that's I why think he's that y'all. That's I, why he's here. That's it. That's why he's here. That's it. And all so right, take us out. On behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of the greatest podcast producer the world has ever known, Mr. Michael P. Duncan. You were joined by the Mad Jester. I am Jax Falcone, and we are...